Bro. 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 What up, bro? I mean, it's late news by the time this episode airs, but J.K. Rowling, Stephen King, not friends no more. Nope. Well, I mean... Unfollowed. The things, you know, the kind of things that she said, that that that's things that can, you know... Well, did and- you see the actual breakdown, though, of... What he said that made her unfollow him. Oh, and delete. she unfollowed him. Yeah. So she made like this big thread where she was praising him for always having women's back and being an advocate of women and just all this shit and just straight up, wah, 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 yeah. you know, really giving it to him. And his response, all he said was something along the lines of one sentence. Trans people were women, too. And she just <laughs> fucking apparently lost it. Unfollowed him. I don't know if she blocked him or not, but she deleted all the tweets and just looked very upset. And uh, I was just like, damn. It's like, why why you got to be so transphobic there, J.K. Rowling? Apparently, she's one of them TERFs, trans-exclusionary, whatever the R word is, feminist. I didn't know there was a thing. Yeah. It's feminists who uh, don't consider trans women women. And don't want them to have any of the same rights or something or other. Don't want them involved in women's issues or I don't know. That ain't my business. No, is there is there is there one of those for like trans men where men don't want like females who change into men be like I don't think you should get into our men's rights because I don't see us like dudes caring for the most part. There are those like men groups. I forget the name of them. I want to say Mennonists, but I think that's Amish people. <laughs> um, Those are Mennonites, I think. Mennonites, yeah. Good call. Um, whatever they are, there's like some kind of men's groups that are all for men's rights, but I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think people take them seriously, let alone, you know, ha- worrying about if they're hating on trans people or not. But I just, I thought that was interesting, bro, Brosif. Yeah, that's Brohim. Like, why, why would you like? Couldn't she just ignored that one remark? Like, I feel like over well, the last... Since this quarantine started, it seems like everybody just hates J.K. Rowling now. Well, because I, I just don't understand, like, people who have, like, a platform and then have some kind of, like, weird fucked up view or opinion on something that they know that they, if they are, that they voice that... I'm not saying it's right that they have to hide what they truly think or maybe feel. But they bring the shitstorm upon upon themselves. Yeah, like, just be quiet and just keep on raking in all that Harry Potter money. Like The Rock does. We don't know The Rock's personal. We don't know his political views, his personal views on certain matters. He just is cool and polite to people and just does what he does, and he's very unproblematic. Why can't you just have that? I mean, obviously, he supports, like, Black Lives Matter kind of things, but... He doesn't, even that, you don't see him, like, pissing off the Republican fan yeah. base or whatever, the white people. But she, she just, uh, I don't know. The Harry Potter money got to her. Well, I well, at this point, I think she probably, has, I think she's, she'll be fine. You right. know, she'll be fine. I don't think she's going to be struggling at all, but. Well, she's one of those rare cases of somebody who, like, got super rich off her writing, and then she was a billionaire, and then lost her billionaire status because she gave so much to charity. Yeah. And was doing, like, a lot of awesome things. But then she also started, like, she created Super Whiteyville. That's, that was her story. Just a bunch of fucking little white kids doing white things. And she's English, so whatever. Oh, yeah, and at yeah. the time, did it really matter? Nobody cared as much. Okay. 
And then she was like, well, actually, Hermione's black and Dumbledore's gay. And, like, she just started, at, like, in the last few years started saying, like, that kind of stuff. Like, since when? Well, I, I, was, I wrote the one, look, this passage, Hermione has kinky hair. I'm like, really? Ooh, um, uh, I don't know about that, man. I mean, I've seen the mo- some of the movies, and they're all pretty white. Yeah, and if she was black in the book, why'd you let her change her to, like... Yeah, I think that was just some made-up bullshit trying to... It almost seemed like she was just trying to ride that LGBTQ train, you know, try to hop on board and get with that. Because that's most of her fan base, honestly, are, like, that that side of the spectrum. Yeah, because, like, that's what, like, that's what puzzles me as much as of, uh, of why she, like, has those stance on those issues. Because you'd think from the stuff that, like, just from her work, you'd think that she's a pretty, like, open person you would you yeah. would think just from her work and then to just find out that you know the person who wrote a story about you know this poor kid who finally got killed and he had to live underneath stairs for yeah. years and then get you know uh, you know you think that would be uh, a very open you know person about you know different issues and stuff like that well like before i thought okay maybe she's just like a feminist and believes like you know, like, trans people shouldn't be in women's sports because they have unfair advantage. Things like that oh, that yeah. are kind of reasonable. Yeah, yeah. But then she I... She just didn't like them, right? That's what it seems like. Well, here, let me see if I can bring up the one tweet. I don't remember if we talked about this when this came out. because I think we might have because it was really shitty, too. Well, I'm, I remember beforehand asking if we were going to talk about it. And he was like, no, I don't think I want to talk about it. And then you just kind of brought it up in joking form anyway. Yeah. And I was like, all right, then. I guess we're, I guess we're going for it. Ooh. I mean, she has a lot of shitty tweets, apparently. I didn't see that one. Or that one. Well, there's probably more now. Yeah, you know what, folks? You can just look yeah. it up. Because there's a, there's a bunch on here. Uh, ooh, and her her trying to walk back some stuff. Well, the one that I saw was about, like, menstruation. And she very shittily stated, like, how women are the only ones that can menstruate. But the way she put it was very, like fuck you trans people like she was really just mean about it it's like i was even i who don't get offended by things was like that's fucking shitty like why are you doing that um i mean i never read harry potter and i'm not really good that's you know kids books i ain't fucking with no kids books i'm a man i was man books i was gonna say because you know we're always talking about like you know ya books and stuff like that and, like, that was, like, the one book where, like, adults were just... Yeah. Adults without kids were, like, reading it. And I was going to say, like, oh, like, you know how we how we try to take tackle different, like, subjects and mm. things. Like, for YA, we should read a YA book and a Harry Potter book would be... Would probably be a good one to go into, but not now. No. No, not really now. And from my understanding, like, what she did with the Harry Potter books was cool, too, because, like, the first book is geared to younger people kids and then as you read the series it it gets more like the writing and stuff gets more advanced yeah um because it kind of grows with that first wave of audience yeah so it literally for some people which i can understand why they would take these issues even extra hard is because they actually it was like their whole life they grew up with these books and it was a huge part of who they are today and then all of a sudden you got to be like oh well that person's fucking shitty and then it's like the old well do you separate the author from their views and just read their work and enjoy their work obviously she's a little more complicated because they're still making new movies and shit off yeah. her, her work and i don't know it's a, it's a icky subject i just it, it always sucks when somebody you think is kind of cool turns out to be a, a dick yeah kind of a dick 
kind of a, a shitty dick. A poop dick, if you will. <laughs> Ooh. Hey there. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Red Team Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Cambridge Creamer Church. Ooh, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that came out so easy. This just, this, this just, it's, it's coffee. That literally didn't even, like, I must be either getting better or worse. I'm not sure. <laughs> because I didn't even think of that until I said your first name. And then that's what came to mind. Like, I'm just letting it, like, jazz, just let it flow out of me, baby. And you're the creamer, the Cambridge creamer. That's gross. Or maybe you just work on like a dairy farm. Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's coffee, Doesn't coffee creamer, yeah, coffee creamer. Yeah. yeah, artificial or organic? Well, real milk or uh, <laughs> <laughs> thick cream or thin cream, half and half. Uh, today's episode. This is about writing and wellness, and this comes from writingandwellness.com. We don't really ever talk about the wellness aspect of a writer's life too often. Like we've talked about focus. The importance of like exercise a little bit like we've talked about we touched upon a lot of these things but i don't think we've ever actually did a episode about wellness about how a writer's physical and emotional and mental health are very important to the writing process uh this episode is titled this episode this article Jeez. That normally doesn't come into it after the episode's yeah. done. <laughs> in the episode, every time I say the title while we're recording, it's never the title that we come out with. So I don't know. This is Seven Things a Writer Should Never Do. And this was written by Pepe Sofa. No, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't have an author's name. I'd be so mad if I wrote an article for like a website and they didn't like give me credit for it. Well, for one fitness site I wrote, I had literally hundreds of articles on there, and then they sold the fitness site to another guy, and he deleted, without saying anything, or even giving back pay, because I didn't get paid for my last couple articles, just deleted every all the writers off the WordPress or whatever, and just put his name, and then like one editor, he kept his name, so every single article was attributed as he, like, like he wrote it, or uh. the other guy wrote it. And I was like, oh, that's great. So now I can't even use these articles to show my year's worth of writing credits all gone. So, uh, folks, just a, hint of, you know, a little bit of advice. If you're in the freelance game, really watch. Yeah, a lot of shady fuckers out there. A lot of shady fuckers. Like, that was such a fucking poop deal. I was like, man, I mean, I get it. You're just writing. You're a content writer. You're getting paid for per article or whatever. But it's like, come on, man. At least leave my credits up. Yeah. And like, I don't or, or, or take your if you take your article down then. Yeah, either take, well, he obviously didn't want to take the articles down. It's like, why didn't you just, like, get rid of all the writers, but just keep their names on their articles? Like, yeah. hey, we're just not going to use you guys anymore, and then take away their passwords. Yeah. No, he did it the lazy way and literally just deleted all the writers, their profiles off of it. Because, like, it's how our site's yeah. set up. So if I just deleted your profile, and then all of a sudden, all of your stories and everything, it was just my name on it. Like, that's fucking dookie. That's fucking, uh... Cockadookie. Cockadookie. That is Uh We'll just jump into this. As I like to do, I generally don't read the beginning because the beginnings of these... Int- Nobody reads fucking intros to articles, do you? And Unless it's like in the New Yorker or something. Like something that actually is a part... Like a list article. Yeah. Generally, you just read the list. 
I found that out in the freelance game as well. <laughs> Nobody reads the intro. Sometimes I'll slip in some fucked up shit in the <laughs> intro. See if anybody's paying attention. Never. You should just that. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And you should really see if anybody notices it. It'd be like an article, like, three best tricep exercises <laughs> you're not doing. And then the second paragraph of the intro, I'm like, put a rope in your butt and tug on it until your <laughs> butthole prolapses. And nobody would read that. <laughs> like, that seems gross, right? Like, the pull-down rope like yeah. has, has a big handle yeah. on the end. Like, that ball. <laughs> Just jam that up the old pooper. And you tug it until something happens. Ew. I may or may not have. Hey, you know what? Fuck it. It's not my name's not on that article anymore. <laughs> so those nuggets, I just like to think too. Like at least I, little bit of satisfaction I have is to know that some of the really fucked up things I added in my article. You read some of those articles. Yeah. They were fucked up. Usually, it's like now people just think that guy's a degenerate. Yeah, not you. Because when that happened, I stopped getting all the hate emails I would get for some of those because. Uh, but you not being I did on a the thing, they wouldn't have your information. Yeah, but I did a lot of uh, satire articles on there, too. So it was, like, from the view of, uh, like, what, like, a super douche bro would think. And it would be, like, against fat people or women or, I don't know, fucking just shitty things. Have you checked? Is that site even up still? I, I don't know. I Yeah, that sucked, too, because I actually ended up working for the sister site as well, writing articles for that. And that was even harder because that was aimed towards women, so you had to completely changed the way you wrote and i was like oh i got some really good articles and some of those articles i had to fucking research like i had to write one about the fitness culture in iceland or something oh. and it was like all these scientific sources like journals and stuff i had at the site and i was like why am i doing all this for fucking you know chump change and then they just fucking take my name off it anyway number one ooh, how do you feel about this spencer a writer should never spend too much time sitting at the computer we've talked before about uh, how I said when I get in the writing zone, I just won't move for three or four hours. Yeah. And then I have to get up and walk around, and then I'm out of the zone. I just don't write anymore. Which I guess three or four hours is pretty good. But yeah. have you ever had to quit writing just because you fucking cramped up or your legs fell asleep or you just realized, oh, shit, I've been sitting here forever. I should probably move. No, because that that is kind of one of my main problems with writing is to focus myself and like just sit down for two hours and do nothing but write you know mm-hmm. i'm always like i get like uh you know 20 30 minutes in and it's like oh i gotta go to the bathroom and then when i go to the bathroom I'm like oh it has this funny video and then i go on like a random like oh shit i could get, get back to yeah. writing and then i write for a little bit more and then oh, i'm hungry i want to get something to eat you seem you very know? unfocused sir oh i'm so unfocused you need to fix that i uh, hope when i move i'll my focus will go up I'm not going to read these because this seems like a lot of personal information and stuff. So I'll just give our tips because I feel like we probably fucking have our our takes on the tips. Yeah, our takes here. I think a good tip is I've always been told by people in the industry, you know, my connections. (laughs) Neil gave me my best friend that we hang out every weekend. Uh, Drink tea. Tea, yes. Tea. Hot hot tea. Hot tea with a lemon in it. (laughs) So good. It's so flavorful. <laughs> um, no, I don't hang out with Neil Gaiman anymore because he's because too cool. Of the, because of the tea. <laughs> too much fucking tea, man. I'm not British. I don't like tea that much. <laughs> Neil Gaiman was like, hey, Kib, you know what? I've been thinking about, I've been wanting, really wanting to write a sequel to, like, Good Omens. And since, you know, the other writer, unfortunately, past years, past, I've been looking for somebody to co-write it with me. What do you think? I, I think I'm good, I, Neil. I, I think I'm good. Tea. <laughs> the tea, but... I don't, I don't get it. I'm good, mate. I don't. I'm good. You know what? You just do you, bro. I'm gonna sit over here and drink coffee. 
like an American man. Um, I do like iced tea, though. Uh, Sidetracked. Anyway, so what Neil told me was, take a break. Like, you can set a timer or something, like, every 20... And I, I stretch this out, but every 20 minutes, maybe just get up and walk around a little. I've heard... Uh, Again, this guy actually goes to, like, office work. Every 10 minutes, yeah. you're supposed to get up and walk around. I think it depends on your chair. Like, I just judge by the chairs we use for the podcast. After about an hour, I'm like, oh, so we probably should get up about every 20 minutes. To eat. Stretch it to a half hour if you want. The issue is, I feel like when you're really in that writing zone, though, yeah, that could fuck it up, I think. So, you just have to kind of be able to identify what the situation is yeah and you have to develop that ability to be able to slip into the writing zone easier and that's something i still i i always fall in and out of that like i'll get good at it for a little bit then my writing routine breaks and then i just can never get back to it see, like, always, for a long time i always uh hear people like um like and they're going at uh, mostly comic book writers so it, it 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 kind of varies because of the amount that you have to write but like you know they might uh they might get up uh, you know, write for like an hour or two, and then go and run some errands, or like I get like get a little exercise yeah. in, and then come back for like another couple hours, and then maybe. Well, I was thinking of bringing that up, but I didn't want to jump ahead because I didn't read this article. Okay, so yeah, that might bring that. Up. Um, but obviously, like exercise, going for walks, things like that are a good idea. But like I said, I don't know if it's on here, so I didn't well, I want to hit it yet. Another simple solution is just get a standing desk. Yeah. Or you could be like that one writer we were. We didn't talk to that guy. That was an article we read. I think the guy had the the treadmill. Yes, he wrote while on a yeah, treadmill. We, we talk about like how uh, he, wrote whole, he wrote whole books while on the treadmill. Just, that'd be too difficult, I think. So he me. measured his book by miles. So he was like, "This one took fifteen thousand miles to write, Ooh. or something." I'm like, "No thanks." Number two, a writer should never worry about he about how she should write. Very gender specific here. I do like the tip they give, write in a way that makes writing fun. Uh, what this mainly is, you shouldn't really worry too mu- much about, like, you know, oh, going back to Neil Gaiman. I know he writes everything by hand first now, and then he puts it in the computer. I should write like that. No. If that doesn't work for you, don't do that. Just do what you're comfortable with. That's basically it. If you're, uh, you know, just a strictly keyboard guy... Just you have to write on the computer, fine. If you like to write short, punchy sentences and that's your writing style, fine. If you like long-winded, flowing, detailed, whatever, again, fine. Uh, You have to find your audience who likes that style and you will probably have to tailor it a little bit. So if you're the long-winded guy, you probably want to shorten some things. If you're a short guy, you want to, you know, lengthen some things. Like you do have to – that just comes with the mastery of writing. But I think that – Really focusing on what you think you should be doing is not really necessarily a good idea. Yeah, because then that also kind of falls into, like, writing for a certain audience or a certain genre mm. or whatever, and that seems that could cause more trouble than, you know, well, that's like worth. We've talked about many times where it's, uh, you know, a writer should write every day. Like, that's the big tip. That doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Not everybody can do that or not everybody works well like that. We talk about Dirk Manning all the time because he's a bulk writer. Like, mm. waits for the weekend, fucking writes for 10 hours. People are different and you just got to find, like we did in our uh, episode about creating a writing routine. You just have to find what works for you best. And that usually takes years. I will say, though, just a little side tip. Consistency is the most important oh, thing in the writing yeah. business. Mm-hmm. Like, you could be a dog shit writer, but if you're consistently dog shit and put out a lot of work, at mm. some point you're probably get at least a little audience. 
I mean, you're never going to get a great audience if you're just a shitty writer. Well. But you might. Well, that's what I'm saying. You <laughs> might get a certain fan base. Uh, number three, a writer should never allow others to determine how important her writing is. That's, I guess, a good one because you don't want, say, uh, like, say you write fantasy and your wife hates it or she thinks it's uh, child stuff. There we go. She thinks, oh, you know, fa- the fantasy genre is for children. Why are you writing that? That's not important. You should be writing literature. You should write to find war dramas. That's it's not her place to do that. Like, you don't have to listen to that. If you want to write fantasy, you want to write fart fiction, you want to write Bigfoot porn erotica. Yep. You can write whatever you want. That that always that that kind of aligns with the. We've always talked about uh, write the stories that you want to read. Yeah, because those are probably going to be the better stories that you write. Here's the way I always think of it: if you're writing to please other people, then you're not writing. You're not being original anymore. You're not writing for yourself anymore. And uh, honestly, first and foremost. You have to enjoy your writing. Yeah. Before anybody else, you have, before you worry about anybody else, you should be your first critic and your first number one fan. I'm trying to think of another scenario where, like, somebody would just really shit on your writing or the importance of it. I mean, I guess it happens to a lot of people. Just people. Uh, I, mean, I think be- what mostly happens is it's not so much they shit on or criticize your writing uh, or the importance of what you're writing. It's more of just like a. A general lack of interest. Yeah. Which is not as bad, I guess, but if you want them to be interested and they're not, I think the important well, that's th- like that's like how we've talked about like um you know, different like like how you know, we'd thought that well, maybe like more of our like our friends yeah would check out some of the stuff that we put on the website and it's like they really don't, but like if they did and it, because it's one thing if they check that out and be like, well, I didn't necessarily like this part or like that didn't make sense to me because those are bad things. But it's, it's like if they would have read it and be like, oh, why do you keep on doing these horror, like these short horror stories? Yeah. And like, you know, why don't you, you know, like you said, try to do like a literature kind of thing or whatever. It's like you can't, you can't write that, especially if you're not getting paid. I mean, you know, at this point, you're you're writing for yourself and trying to put it out there, you know. It'd be different if somebody was paying you to write something yeah. a certain way. Well, it's like one time I wrote a story, on, I think it's on the website, about... Uh, it was like a literary piece about a mom and her kids on the beach. I forget the... I think she thinks they like got sucked up in the tide or something and thought they drowned. She like because she wasn't paying attention. She was glued to her phone. It was more like a commentary about people being addicted to their phones and stuff and not paying attention yeah. to their life. And uh, so she thinks her kids like die or something and she panics and then she ends up finding them after like she goes through this big crisis. Uh, that's where the drama lies. It was more like a literary piece. And then um, I think she finds the kids. Everything's fine. And then she realizes, oh, you know, this is what's important. Well, a coworker of mine read that story. And he was like, oh, yeah, I read one of your stories because he, he was a new guy. He just started. And I was like, oh, yeah, which one? And he's like, oh, what would you think? And he's like, oh, it's okay, but I don't want those kids to get eaten by sharks. I thought that would have been really cool. See, so, yeah, that's not what I was writing. Yeah. So if I listened to that guy, then I'd be right. Maybe it would have been a more popular piece, but that's not the story I wanted to tell. And like, Yeah, and that's a different kind of, you know, a different thing there. Yeah, that would have been like a horror song. I told him, I was like, hey, I do have stories where people get eaten by stuff yeah. if you want to view those. And I might have a story later when somebody yeah. gets eaten by a huge size shock. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, kid murder. <laughs> that seems like right into my uh, wheelhouse. <laughs> Number four, a writer should never stop pursuing his own path. 
I guess that would be more along the lines of uh, you kind of need to focus on what you do. So if you, like, say, uh, say like a young Stephen King. He wrote, you know, Carrie, and he has uh, Salem's Lot. So he's got a couple horror pieces under his belt that are really popular. And then his editors say, well, you know what? Uh, what was that, the 70s? So they were like, you know you know what? We, people don't really want horror stories now. You know, we want some, like, disco stuff. We want some fun stories. You know, write some. Like, if you listen to something like that, then you're not writing what you're going to be. Yeah ultimately be known for again it just goes back to writing what you want to write so if i was like hey spencer you know uh, you've been writing a lot of flash fiction stories lately with kind of like horror elements or supernatural elements why don't you try writing a romance yeah. you know maybe you'll like writing a romance i bet our fans would like it yeah. and then it's like well, i don't want to write romance you're fucking writing it like that's not you got to do what you want to do. If you do what somebody else wants you to do, you're not going to have passion for the project and you're probably going to shit the bed. And I, I also think that that might also have something to do with um, when it comes into, um, you know, like uh, pursuing your, your own path of like, I can see that down a lot with whenever it comes to trying to find like agents and, you know, and publishers and, you know, right. and submitting for things you can't. You, you, if you can't let, like, constant, like, um, rejections from submitting stuff, like, you know, weigh, weigh you down, you kind of have to just, just, you know, grit your teeth and kind of, you know, push through it, you know, to... It's like you're walking a tightrope and people are throwing rocks at you. And if you let them, those fucking rocks keep hitting you and you just fucking, you don't protect yourself, you'll fall off the tightrope, yeah. you'll be off the path and you're done. Or you can say, fuck them rocks, and you just power through and get to the other side. Shitty analogy, I know, but yeah. it's just kind of like, you can't let others fuck up your goals and your dreams because those are yours. Yeah. Well, I, I never... Because you, we probably, we have like, you know, com, you know, probably different things that we would want to get out of writing. Yeah. Like, I know you'd probably like, and I, I, I would like to, you know, have a, you know, something published from like a big... Uh, a publishing house, but, like, if I could get to a point to where, like, with writing, like, you know, just, uh, you know, regular fiction and to make enough money off that that I could, you know, start doing, like, little, like, indie, like, comic books and stuff right. like that, you know what I mean? That's what, like, you know, I would really, you know, really, like, that, that's the goal is you get enough name and following that, you know, maybe you try to do some comic work and, like, stuff like that, you know what right. I mean? To where other people, they wouldn't want to, they don't, they don't want to write comics, they want to write these huge novels or, yeah. like, this romance series or whatever, you know, so it's, you have to kind of figure out what you want to do. I never understood the idea of letting other people deter and determine your goal. Yeah. So, like you said, you'd want to write indie comics, but then uh, say like I was like, you know, Spencer, I, I don't think that's a good idea. What you should probably focus on is short story collections, yeah. and let's just work on that, and then keep working on that, and never do anything else. Yeah. And now you're sitting there, fucking ten years from now, fucking goddamn Caleb, fucking make me write these short stories. Now that's all I do is write short stories, and he's over there on his golden yeah. yacht. Writing these big novels, and then he started writing indie comics, and it's like, no, you don't, you don't, don't listen to me. You can listen to suggestions if you think it's a good idea, yeah. but ultimately, it's what you want to do. It's your life. It's good yeah. with anything. It's your yeah. fucking life. Yeah, that's like I could ask you for advice on something, yeah. but I, I shouldn't just if you just start telling me what you think I should do. You don't have any idea how many people have told me 
like online and stuff. Like, huh, why don't you ever think about writing like this genre? You should probably write this genre. Usually it's like fucking hard fantasy or yeah. something. It's usually what they like. Yeah. And they're like, you should write that. And it's like, I don't write that. That's not what I want to write. And you probably don't like that stuff. Yeah, I so don't read don't, it. I if, don't... You, if you don't like that stuff, you're probably not going to write it. Yeah, exactly. Like romance. I've had somebody be like, yeah, why don't you ever dip your toes into the romance market? It's really booming. Yeah, I'm sure it is, but that I don't want to write it. I have no pro- interest. And it would probably be terrible. Probably. Because like, we, we hate, don't like it. We, yeah, we don't like it, so it probably wouldn't be good. My One of my fears was always that I would get famous for writing something that I absolutely fucking hated. Like, I was <laughs> yeah. Just, like, uh... Like when I was doing like the freelance gigs or something, say that took off a Hunter S. Thompson style, then all of a sudden now I'm the fucking wacky, it, yeah, the wacky, comic-y, funny guy that's writing all these, and so nobody would ever read my serious stuff, and I'm just like, oh god damn it, like, like this is the road I'm on. Well, like you said, Hunter S. Thompson, I had like I have to think some of that was like he did because he made it felt like he had to, yeah, keep do, up the image. Yeah, and, yeah, he, like that's who that's his persona. It's kind of like a wrestling thing. Like you, yeah. you can't break character. Also, like when that's your your money maker. Yeah, well, going back to J.K. Rowling, like she wrote other novels that weren't Harry Potter, and uh, it makes you think. That, I mean, she wrote Harry Potter. Was it a passion thing that she did that, or she just wanted to break in? She figured that was a good way, and it did obviously make yeah. money. And then once that made money and she kept doing it, you think at some point she was probably like, oh, I really wish I could fucking write yeah. something else. Uh, it just sucks to get pigeonholed in something. And that yeah. does happen. I mean, look at like E.L. James, for example. She wanted to write something that wasn't fucking shit erotic like Fifty Shades of Grey. Do you think she could? No. Do you think Stephanie Meyer can, you know, try to dip her toes in the literary world and anybody would take her seriously, even if it was good? Or even if she, like, say if she tried to, like, even, like, try to do, like, a more serious horror novel, yeah. nobody's going to take her seriously. Like, oh, that's that's Twilight person. I'm not going to... Yeah, gonna... that's the Twilight chick. Well, that's even, like, uh... Well, even, like, Stephen King gets shit for that. Yeah. You know, people were just like, oh, he's just this, this weird horror guy. And, like, the, some of his best things are, like, they might have, like, a weird, like, supernatural thing to them. they're not just horror. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, it's one of those things, too, like a double-edged sword. Fuck, I'm famous, but it's for something I don't oh, like. But you still are fa- like, like rich. You dig. You're making the money, at least being creative. Like that, like you know, the actor that gets you know cat type cast for like that shitty role on a sitcom that he can never yeah. live down. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Five. A writer should never expect too much from his writing. This is, I think, more along the lines of sales and marketing and stuff. Yeah, like once you finish the work and you put yeah. it out to the public. What's the old saying? Um, you keep you hope for the best, but you prepare, prepare for, for the, the worst. worst. Yeah, you know you keep your expectations low, but you uh, that way when something good happens, you're like, oh fuck yeah, yeah. I made a hundred sales this week. Yeah. I was expecting to make ten sales. Yeah. I know a lot of actually seen this recently on the old internet on the uh, writing community on Twitter. A uh, few people really down the dumps about their sales for their new newest books and stuff. Which this right now is not a good time period. For selling books, I don't think. I know... I think just reading in period. Well, number... The podcast number has been... Like, I've been looking at our numbers and then numbers from uh, some of, like, uh, like other podcasts I follow and stuff. Everybody's downloads are down. Well, of course, that a, could just be summer, too, but... And there's also, like, a lot of serious shit that go, that's going on right well, now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I haven't even really been focused on releasing work too much. Like, yeah. I'll put some... We're gonna like, have some stuff on the site here, but... Like, now's a good time to just get work done and yeah. put it out later. 
Yeah, I mean, summer is usually hectic as is, but this year, obviously, there's a lot of shit going on, and it's just not the best time. But these people had their expectations so high. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fucking knock it out of the park. I'm going to, you know, they're preparing to be best-selling authors, yeah. and then when that doesn't happen, you're greatly disappointed. And some of them are even talking about quitting or, you know, stuff like that. It's like you can't really focus on that stuff. You just have to, again, just do what you do. Uh, fucking focus on the next project. Yeah. You could, you know, do your marketing and stuff, but don't don't obsess over the sales and everything. That's not always the most important because factor. That's the great thing about like books and stuff, and especially like if digitally, it makes it so much easier. That yeah, who knows? Like down the line, like because um, like you know this happens like a lot with like uh, comic book creators. Like they will have like you know years worth of stuff that they either did for like Image or smaller presses, and then. They start getting work at like Marvel or DC, mm-hmm. and then everybody goes back, back and, buys and buys like you know. So those 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 stories that maybe only sold like a couple hundred copies in in, in a couple years are suddenly getting like thousand you yeah. know a thousand copies sold because you know people you know people finally like notice you and they're like oh what else does this guy have? So mm-hmm. those sales might just come down farther in the line. And then on on the other uh side of this argument too is you have to remove your ego from your yeah. writing too so you can't say you wrote a story and you really really like it you think oh this is amazing this is the best thing i've ever written everybody's gonna love this this is gonna be super popular it's gonna get knocked out the fucking park and then like we both done this where we wrote written something like that where we think it's really good and then it and gets like nothing, no views nothing. yeah nobody cares uh, and then you write a certain kind of article, and then it gets yeah. a ridiculous amount of views, and that almost makes you just as angry. <laughs> yes, but uh, just keep level. Don't have. Don't be too low, and don't be too down on yourself. Don't be too high and mighty. Just keep your ego level. Keep your expectations level. Just everything in the middle. Just you know, again, you know, expect things might not go well, but hope they do. That's all you can really, uh, really hope for. Six, a writer should never neglect exercise. This could be as simple as just going for walks throughout yeah. the day. Not everybody has to fucking be a bodybuilder, powerlifter, crossfitter, or whale wrangler, or bear wrestler, or deer hunter, or stone throwing strongman, or uh, speed whacker, or throw something out there, Spencer. I like speed whacker. You like speed? I, I knew you'd get stuck on the speed whacker. <laughs> whatever your form of exercise is there's a lot of things you can do and like i say to everybody 10 to 20 minutes a day is like that's all you need man i think and that's that's something that i've been um that i've been thinking about and trying to uh incorporate more into my my writing schedules like you know Mm -hmm. but like i also feel like because, like, you know, it's been a while since I've ever actually, like, exercised, exercised. But then also, like, my job is also kind of very physically demanding, like, right. your, like yours is, you know. And it's like, but though, like, you don't bitch out like I do. And you actually, <laughs> you know, you actually go to the gym and stuff. But, like, I've been thinking, like, I should try to, like, after work, you know, just, you know, go for, like, a jog or something around the block. Like, like I said, even 10 or minutes or, 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 yeah, even just one lap around the block. Like, you start somewhere. You just start, like... Just small. You don't have to start big. Like a lot of people think, oh, I got to go on a diet program. I got to go on a lifestyle change. No, you just start. It's small steps. You know, maybe one morning you do fucking 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups. That's yeah. it. That's all you do. Next morning you do 11 of each. You just try to go up as much as you can. Before you know it, you've got a solid 20 minutes of working out in. And then the next week, maybe 30. Like you just small steps. Do what you can. 
And uh, again, it's not always about just looking good and even feeling good. It's just about. It's just. I mean, it's kind of generic to say, but it's just about doing it. Because it is kind of weird because, like, in high school, whenever, you know, like, I played football and stuff, like, there was always, like, you would get, like, during during the summer, you'd have to get up at, like, six or seven o'clock in the morning to go to the weight room. And you'd think, like, after that, like, getting up, because, you know, especially then, like, we younger, didn't have a car, so it's like, how to get up early, walk to the high school. Do the lifting, walk back home, and you'd think after that you'd be like dead fucking tired, but you almost kind of get like this, you get used to it. This weird like energy charge from doing like. Well, I could tell you from it's like those fancy batteries that like you get yeah. they, they you move them and just like the energy from them moving like charges them up. Yeah, and then uh, when you're that dead battery, it's really hard to get it charged yeah. up initially. But once you do, yeah. you can keep yeah. it. It's easier to keep a charge than it is to go from a yeah. dead. What just from my experience, because I try to exercise every day, not including work, which is also fucking a lot of exercise. But uh, I what I what I find is it does keep my energy levels up. Like the more I work out and stuff, the less naps I take. Like yeah. I don't take naps when I get home generally, unless I had a really like fucking smash Terrible me in the head day, kind yeah. of day. But usually I don't take naps, and uh, it helps my focus because like I because you don't realize it, but if you don't really exercise much or anything. Uh, your body has like this weird vibration inside, like this energy <laughs> level that it, even though you might feel like tired and dog shit, yeah. when you try to focus on something, your body's just like, I should be doing something. Like it, it, it is weird. It's like you're tired, but ha- ha- like chucked full of energy all at the same time. When I was a kid, my mom worked like multiple jobs a day, and she would always be like, "I'm too tired to sleep." Yeah. I never got that until I became an adult, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, I understand. I, I get it now." You can literally be too tired to sleep because it's not your body that's necessarily tired; it's like your mind. But when it, like the walking is a great one for writers because you can also think you're not yeah. really you while day- it's you- exercise; it's not strenuous. You can daydream. Yeah, and uh, it's still good for you, but it's not overly strenuous or anything. And then. Uh, like, I recommend everybody check out Stephen Kotler's work because he talks about flow states. When you get into the – you do. You get in kind of a flow state. You ever just uh, – say you're walking or, like, back in our old buggy pushing days when we worked at Walmart, you know, you'd fucking walk. we just walk, 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 walk. walk. And I've come up with the best ideas doing yeah. that because I would get in, like, this zone. But then that's where my anger came out because I didn't have a way to unleash it. Yeah. We weren't writing then. We didn't have laptops on us. Phones weren't very good then. So you couldn't, like – Really jot most, down your notes. The most, too. the most we did was try to take that creative energy into mocking our coworkers. We did but shenanigans. That, that, that was our outlet there. Yeah, yeah. And shenanigans. Shenanigans. Tom Foolery. <laughs> but not to harp on the, this topic too much. But just, you, I mean, you people get exercise. It seems simple, but there's so many people that don't know how to start. Because I always get at least a couple times a year, I get like friends or just acquaintances that. Usually older people come to me and say, you know, I'm going to think about getting in better shape. And, uh, you know, and they they literally don't know where to start or what to look up. And it's like, I always tell them, just start small and you're more yeah. likely to stick with it. Just the walk a day. Just, like I said, a couple push-ups. And just do what you can do. Just The important thing is just being active. You, yeah. You, it's not so much the exercise you're doing. It's just yeah. the being active. We get like a couple, like 10, 15 pound dumbbells. You can do a whole bunch of stuff with yeah. that. Well, you you have even made like strides over the years of just changing certain things, like drinking just less soda. You just yeah. drink like a glass of water or iced tea or something. Like just small switches in your life. They it's, the thing is they add up over time. Yeah. So while it might seem very insignificant at the time, 
by like, oh, you know what? I'm just not going to drink pop anymore. I'm just going to, I'm going to switch from Coca-Cola to just plain water. And then all of a sudden by like the end of the month, like, oh shit, I lost like five pounds. Yeah. Like just little you things like little, that. Yeah. You feel a little better. You got a little bit of energy. And then also you don't feel bad. Cause you ever get like, cause I know like a lot of times and I'll get like, I'll be writing and like, I'll be getting in like a writing mood and I'll like, I said earlier, they'll be like, oh man, like I just, I gotta go to the bathroom. Like, and I don't know if it's like the weird, just, you know, you're sitting upright or like, you know yeah. what I mean? You're hungry. You got like, you know, you got the laptop on your lap or like, you know what I mean? And like, but if you are doing those different changes that, you know, help you physically, you won't have that many problems yeah. or that those little mini excuses you can use to, you know, bow out of work when, you know, when you shouldn't be. This is barely related to what you just said, but uh, a lot of times I write in my bed or even though I'm at my desk, I sit in my chair, but I put my laptop on my lap. Yeah. And I have my legs up on the bed because I don't know. I just don't like sitting on the, like, I don't like the shape of my desk. So I'll write in my lap and what ends up happening is I'll get in a writing zone. So I'll write for like an hour straight or something. And then I have to plug my, especially also when I'm editing the podcast, I do the same thing. So I plug my laptop in when it starts to get, the battery gets low. And then like another half hour goes by and I'm just really uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's kind of like your back hurts. You don't feel right. You have to be upright. And then I really like, oh, I'm like kind of sweaty. Is like, what? Am I sick? I realize the fucking thing is cooking my nuts. Yeah. Like it's just baking me. Ooh. That's even, I, got, I got one of those like little mini tables like you know like I uh, do like too and I just don't and, use it yes. I have one that has a fan in it and I still don't use it it's like, I just I don't know I just like the thing on my lap it's more comfortable so probably don't be like us folks just don't you kn- don't lie you just want to be like uh, you just want to be like Randy and uh, and get like the from South Park and get like the, the huge ball- <laughs> the, like, balls. the huge bouncy balls seems like that would hurt what if he's laying on some rocks <laughs> number seven this is the final one right a writer should never underestimate how challenging it can be. This is uh, kind of what we were talking about earlier with the ego thing and everything. Is uh, It's like a little bit of the other end of that where you can't just expect, oh, I'm going to start writing and everybody's going to love my work and I'm going to get famous really quick. That rarely ever happens to anybody. That or just the, um, like I don't think people, some people who don't do it realize the, uh, like the time and the effort it takes into like do like to put to do like an actual novel. I don't think people realize how hard it is just to complete a short story. Yeah. that you're satisfied with, not even one that's good, just one that you're satisfied with. Because there's a lot of times where I really like a story I'm working on, and I might still end up either bailing on it or just not getting back to it till like a lot later. And then there's sometimes where I don't really care about what I'm writing, but I can knock out a whole story and people like it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a crapshoot with that. I don't know really. I haven't mastered the. Uh, I get. I, I guess it would just go with the consistency. Just like release what you know everything you can, or you know get published as much as you can, or whatever avenue you're at in your writing career. But as long as you're consistent with it, people are going to read it and then they can judge. And then I mean, obviously, if you're like a novelist, you wouldn't want to put out like a shitty book. And then, like, oh, this book's okay. Then this book's shitty. But then this book's great. You'd want to be more consistent with the quality. But when it comes to, like, flash fiction and short stories, you have a little more wiggle room. You could put out some stinkers, and that'll help you. Like, people will be more likely just be like, oh, whatever, that wasn't that good, and just kind of ignore it. And then you can, uh, you'll be more likely to, you know, as you keep writing, you you just naturally will get better. It's like you get rusty if you don't write for a while. So, like, anytime I take a long break and then I get back to writing – say, like, a month off or something, I'm fucking terrible. 
I, my stories suck. My creativity's not good. My stamina for writing is awful. Because I don't know about you, but like at the beginning of this, like years ago when we started, I, know, I was thinking like, oh, you know, it, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a little bit to get to the point where you'll be able to like do like a novel and then be like, and then, you know, it, it'll be all right after that. And, you know, it shouldn't be too difficult. And it's like, and what, how many years have you been doing this? And like, we, like, I haven't did anything long, larger than maybe like a long short story yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, it's so difficult to just, you know, to come up with a couple hundred pages worth of, of words. Yeah. Of words strung together making sense. Quality words. And what's not on this list, but I'll add it because I feel it's very important to your writing success and your, just your mental wellness is like we were talking about in the episode where, when we talked about writing routines and creating your, I don't know what we said, but it was like a writing habitat, like your writing space. I think that's very important because, like, for me, I feel like my writing is – okay, let's say, like, I'm an athlete. Like, I'm let's say I'm, like, a, a basketball player, right? I'm on the court at 70% best all the time because I'm just slogging through. My environment's kind of shitty, so, you know, my knees always hurt, and I just don't feel that great, so – you know, I have to warm up and I'll extra lot, like I'm an old guy, and then I can get into it and I might be all right for a little bit. Because that's my neighborhood. It's fucking loud. And yeah. there's helicopters and gunshots and there's fucking uh, dope heads next doors and fireworks. On and off. <laughs> oh, I should have did that as the whole intro. I don't want to go into it again. Just look at my Twitter, folks. Like, I <laughs> fucking hate these fireworks. It's everywhere, all the time. Oh, nonstop. So that shit is just, I feel like it really does, like I can I ignore it, I try to ignore it, but I think it is affecting my writing, even my writing space is kind of cramped, and so I think once I move and I get a wide, bigger, quieter, nicer writing space, I think that will bump my 70 up to at least, you know, an 85. And I think another thing that should be put on here is the using, using writing as like almost like a therapy. Yeah, you that's know, a good to, one. To, to, to to get because I think that's another thing I need to do is like I need to take everything that I'm feeling have and, more personal touch in your work. Well, just I mean, just like take all my like my anger and frustration I've had from a shitty day at work when I get home and just use that either as motivation or fuel to be like I don't want to fucking work here anymore. Mm. I'm gonna get this novel done and I'm yeah. gonna publish this fucking novel. And it's going to sell. And then I won't have to work at this shitty place anymore. Even though you probably still will. But, you know, you use that as, yeah. as, the, as the carrot to and you, the stick. And you might murder a lot of people in the book. Yeah. That may or may not resemble some of the people that have been pissing you off at work. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one. Or just like, like we said, like there's all this, all this uh, stuff going on with pandemics and... And protesting and cops and everybody has like this like anxiety and like I think if you're any kind of creative person to try to channel that thing and put it into whatever it is mm. you're you're writing you're painting sculpture whatever it is I think can could do a lot more good you know just even if it doesn't end up being anything you can use to just get it out of your system. Well, the beautiful thing about writing. And pretty much art in general. And what has, like, really attracted me even when I was a kid, because I had kind of, like, a troubled upbringing. So what really attracted me to writing is that you kind of forget everything while you're doing it. The escapism. Yeah, like, everything that's going on around you kind of fades away. Um, I know artists get this a lot when they're drawing, because you're just not... That shit's, like... 
it's background noise at best. Like yeah. it's just really not a factor in your life for that time period. So even and then when you get older, as responsibilities build up and you have more things that are weighing you down, when you sit down to write and you get in that writing zone, you could kind of just put those to the side for a little bit. And it's just like a, a relief. It's just, you, you know, oh, my, I fucking have a car payment coming up. I don't have the money in my bank. Like, things that are just fucking killing you, you can at least get a little break. Because if yeah. you don't, like, so I think a lot of people, why they turn to drugs and alcohol is because they don't have any way to escape that. They yeah, don't have to, that break. To, to, to relax, to, you know, to, to like, calm down, to, you know, it's just, it's, it's it, especially, now, especially now, it's, it's, it's rough. Because I, I, like, I can't lie, I, and I don't want to use it as, as an excuse but, like, I really thought, you know, my productivity was going to be a lot better this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I thought I, I thought this was going to be, like, a good year of, like, you know, maybe we wasn't going to get anything, like, published from anything. But, like, you know, maybe, like, we would have had our, you know, our book done yeah. by now. Or, like, at least a lot more stuff done for the website or, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just... I really try not to let, like, all the stuff that's happened in the world affect my writing schedule or my work but like you said that anxiety even when you try if you ignore it it feels like it almost makes you more anxious because you're like well then what's happening out there like so you have to pay attention but then paying attention to it's like this barrage of bad news all the time everything's so negative everybody's so angry everybody has an opinion about something it's hard to escape that everybody gets mad at your opinion yeah it's like jesus when is it like when is enough enough like when can you just escape this uh because i I came in the year the same way i was like oh yeah we're gonna fucking hit the you know ground running we're gonna get this project done we're gonna work on other stuff because because especially because i felt like we were kind of picking up a little bit more of momentum at the end of last year you know what i mean like we were meeting people at conventions well that's another thing like our whole social life just fucking cut because like one thing that the convent because it's it might sound a little silly to some people but one reason why i like covering these conventions is because with the exception of maybe one or two that were lackluster, I usually get really motivated yeah. by seeing these creatives and talking to these people who are doing shit. Yeah, yeah and you want to you want to be like, oh, I want to be like that guy. Yeah, I want to be like that person who's you know get their get their novel out or their comic out yeah. or just even just me- cool craft things or whatever you know. Or like, like when we hop on panels or do like you know podcast panels with people and stuff like that, and it's like, oh, this isn't very hard. We could do this yeah. too in the future. Like it makes it motivates you. And then everything just like if it was like our fucking car was just rolling nice down the interstate, yeah. and then we had a fucking big spike and it just blew yeah. four, all four tires at once. Yeah. We just accidentally we drove into a sinkhole yeah. without realizing it. Oh fuck! Now I gotta dig ourselves out. Yeah, it did. It seemed like everything just kind of crashed and burned, and it's just like, well, what do we do now? Because yeah, we could be using this time to be writing like maniacs. But at the same time, it just it, for some reason it just feels like you're weighted down. It's really hard. I don't like it. And then like the summers, like every day's beautiful and we can't go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what the fuck? This sucks. Also, work works. Another oh word. my god, work! I think because like this all made work so much worse. Yeah, so much worse. And I don't know about your job, but my job has fucking picked up ridiculously. I I just I was like I thought this was gonna be a nice break. 
I thought, okay, well, at least if everything's shut down, I shouldn't have much to do, right? Yeah. No, I, no, it's like everything fucking quadrupled now. Yeah, like, I won't have anything to do other than writing. Yeah, it's like, god damn it. Just so, read and write. You're like, you know, like, that was the one thing looking into, like, the pandemic was like, oh, well, at least I'll be able to do the two things I want to do yeah. the most is read and write, and both have been lackluster. Fucking, see? Apache helicopter. <laughs> I can't wait till I don't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> I will say I have been reading a lot this year. I mean, I... But I, I honestly, though, I'm not up to my pace last year, my, my book pace. Yeah. Um, I, I attribute some of that to Moby Dick. <laughs> I still haven't finished that fucking thing. I read five novels while I read <laughs> Moby Dick, and I started that in March, so that's pretty good. Yeah. But even, like, my daily reading is has dropped off, though, because before I would read, like, fucking ten trap chapters or something a day. Yeah. Depending on how the length of the chapters, obviously. But, you know, say ten to twenty page chapters, I could read, like, up to 10 a day i'm at like one or two now it's like kind of pathetic it's like what the fuck like now i last couple nights i stayed up late reading trying to get back into it but i was forcing myself to do that then i'm you know kind of enjoying it but even that i i don't know if you've had this problem but even with reading stuff i've been kind of unfocused yeah i've been like oh i kind of really like this book but i just don't feel like reading it and i don't like doing that or like TV, even like a couple of shows I watch, I'm like I, don't, I just don't feel like watching. I just feel, I don't feel unfocused. That or like I'm watching, I'm watching the same episode of like American Dad and Family Guy that I've seen four hundred times. Yeah, but it's just it's on. I don't even really have to pay attention to it. I'm just kind of laying there, not doing anything. Because if you watch a, a, like a new show or something, you have to pay attention. Yeah, to it. You I just and, can't do. Yeah, that. I, I can't. I can't focus enough for that. Uh, have you ever we'll ended on this little conversation? Has, how often does this happen to you? Because this has been happening to me a lot. Like it, it'll be evening, and I feel kind of creative. So I'm like, you know what? I can get some writing done. I got the time. I kind of feel it. And then I'm like, but I don't really know what story I want to work. I'm not quite sure. It's like, well, maybe I'll just read. And then I'm like, I don't know what book I want to read. Yeah. Like usually this happens when I'm in between books too. Like, or even when I'm reading a book, it's like, well, you know what? I have all these short story collections. Maybe I'll just, you know, read a short story. Yeah. I'm like, well, which one? And I'll look through my books for 20 minutes. Like, uh, you know what? I'll just go back to it. And I'll just go back and forth like a dickhead until it's time to go to bed. And then I'm like, <laughs> I didn't do anything. That's happened to me a lot lately. And it's like disturbing. I don't like it. I don't know how to break the cycle. It's a sledgehammer, Caleb. It's a sledgehammer. Yeah. People say, oh, just force yourself to write. It doesn't work like that. And yeah. It, the more I force myself, the less it happens. It's like... I would imagine if it's you like had erectile dysfunction. It's like, um, you know, to try to not go as gross in a way. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Come on, work, damn you, I, work! I don't know about you, but I was a very stubborn kid whenever I was real little about, like, what I eat. Still am now, but really yeah. bad whenever I was a kid. And, you know, it's like, you have to eat this, or you're sitting at the table. And it's like, fine, I'll sit at the table all goddamn night. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you try, like, that's what happens when you try to force me. Yeah, if you just ate the peas, Spencer, you would have been playing video games. But Fuck the peas, Caleb! There's only seven of them. All right, well, I hope that was helpful to some of you. If you do want to check out the stuff we have written, we should have a couple more news stories up by the time this episode airs. You can check out that on drunkenpenwriting.com. You can follow us on the old Twitter, which I've been really slacking on. I just... I don't like going on Twitter. Oh, it's rough. Twitter. Twitter is a dangerous place right now. Everything is so bad on there. But if you want to see, you know, if you want to go through that fucking minefield and maybe find the light at the end of the tunnel that is DPW, yeah. <laughs> we are the uh, Drunk Pen Writing on Twitter. And then Facebook and Instagram is 
at Drunk Penwriting. When I move, I want to start making some videos for the Instagram. Ooh, okay. Um, we'll talk about that off air. But yeah, that's about it. And uh, just to reiterate what we started with, bro. 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 J.K. Rowling, what you doing, bro? Bro. Come, Come on, on, bro. bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro.